Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Faster than an airplane, more powerful than a locomotive, impervious to bullets. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's... Buck Benny speaking, and welcome to our 15th Superman story arc. This one is about the Invisible Man, so I think that will be an enjoyment for you. I do like the part where they go off and talk about uh, a yo-yo for a piece of this episode, so that's kind of fun. And an episode with an Invisible Man, another person with superpowers, sounds kind of interesting. So I think you should enjoy that. And uh, let's get right into the show so you can enjoy yet another Superman story arc. And we'll be back with another one next week. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton who has come to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, bend steel in his bare hands, race a speeding bullet to its target, and who wages a never-ending battle against crime and oppression disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. When we last saw him, Kent, as Superman, had captured the yellow mask and turned the master criminal over to the police. Returning to the Daily Planet, he was informed by Lois Lane that editor Perry White wanted to see both of them in a hurry. As our story opens today, Kent and Lois are outside Editor White's office, waiting to be announced. Listen. Yes? Clark Kent and Lois Lane? Have them come right in, please. Now, as I was saying, Mr. Remsen, this city has never had a crooked DA in all its history. So the Daily Planet will more than welcome the chance to put all its power and prestige behind the movement to get rid of District Attorney Parker. If ever a man was guilty of using his high office for crooked, unprincipled... Oh, uh, oh, come in, Lord. Hello, hello, Clark. Hello, Mr. White. Got your orders for us to appear before you pronto. So, we came running. Clark, Lois, I want you to meet Mr. Remsen. Ralph Remsen. Oh. How do you do? Remsen. I recall that name. Weren't you District Attorney Parker's assistant at one time? That's right. Oh, of course, I remember now. You resigned because you claimed a rotten politics going on in Parker's office was too much for you to take. Yes, I resigned, all right. That was about two months ago. Uh, sit down, Lois. Clark, we right, have something to talk over. Mr. Remsen has come to me with a rather astounding offer. If he means what he says... And don't worry about that. I meant every word of what I said. Well, if that's really the case, we're about to start one of the biggest anti-crook campaigns this paper's ever had the privilege of sponsoring. Mr. Remsen, I wish you'd tell these two exactly what you told me. Badly. You see, it was two months ago that I resigned as District Attorney Parker's assistant. Under his regime, I saw things going on that were pretty crooked. Pretty hard to stomach. I don't think I have to remind you of the almost numberless criminals, gangsters, trigger men... Slot machine vendors, crooks of all sorts, in fact, who slipped between the fingers of the law because of the help they got from Parker. No, I don't think you do. There's certainly a lot of them. Sophie Sonderman, Lucky Larry Lorimer, Sneezy Furness, and a lot more. Exactly. It's because of Parker and his crooked management of the district attorney's office that the men you just mentioned, and many more like them who are menaces to law-abiding citizens, are still at large in this city. Now, for two months, I've wanted to do something. I wanted to start a campaign, do something get Parker out of office. You're right, Mr. Ramsey. With uh, Mayor Healy in office, the campaign against Parker ought to be easy. You know Mayor Healy's reputation. Sure, the clean-up mayor. Dedicated himself to having the cleanest city in the world. Right. Now, I've talked with Mayor Healy. He's as anxious to get Parker out of office as any of us. Uh-huh. 
But there's one hitch. Oh, what's that? The people themselves. You see, it's only those of us who are on the inside who know what Parker really is. The general public thinks of him as a philanthropist, a generous charity worker. He's built up that reputation. Of course, merely as a blind. Before Mayor Healy can do anything, we've got to expose Parker to the people for what he really is. And how do you propose to do that, Mr. Anson? Simple. I worked in Parker's office as Parker's assistant for a long, long time. I kept my eyes and ears open. I'm in a position now not only to make definite charges against District Attorney Parker, but I can back up those charges with substantial proof. Well, I've got everything that could possibly be needed. Signed letters, photostatic copies of checks given to Parker by well-known criminals. A photostatic copy of his account book up to two months ago. And a lot more proof that we needed. You see, Clark, Morris, Renson's idea is for the Daily Planet to start an anti-Parker campaign. You two will write the story for the information Renson gives you. Huh? It's the greatest chance we've ever had to do the public a real service, and I'm all for it. Well, say nothing of the boost in circulation, eh, Chief? Well, that does enter into it, of course. A newspaper's lifeblood, so to speak, is its circulation. Oh, Mr. White. Uh, now, wait a minute. I didn't mean that as a pun, young woman. You both know as well as I do that the better our circulation, the more advertising we get. And we depend on that advertising to keep us going. However, the important thing is not only to get Parker out of office, but it's possible to put him behind bars as well. If ever a man deserved prison for what he's done... You're quite right, of course. Well, when do we get to work? The sooner the better. What's the matter with right now? Okay with me. Me too? Fine. You can get all the dope you need for your first article from Ransom and have it ready for the early edition. You'll print the story tonight and have it on the streets in the morning. Oh, hold on. Uh, not so fast, Mr. White. I'm afraid you'll have to give me a little time to get my stuff prepared. It won't take you long to get enough material together for one article, will it? Don't forget, I have a lot of other things to do as well. However, I believe I can have enough material for the first article against Parker ready by about, uh, shall we say, four this afternoon. Well, suits me. Lois and I have a date for dinner and the theater afterwards. But we can whip out an article between four and seven without half time. Okay with you, Lois? Sure thing. Good. Then let's all meet in my office here at four o'clock this afternoon. All right. Mr. Remsen, I can't tell you how indebted I am to you for the chance you're giving us. A chance to do a really great service for the people of this city. All right, then. Four o'clock this afternoon here in my office. 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47... Romney, will you, for heaven's sake, stop playing with that yo-yo? Ah, D.A., look what you went and made me do. I bet I could have gotten up to a hundred on my yo-yo if you hadn't interrupted. I don't pay you to play with a yo-yo. Now put it away. Uh, What's eating you, D.A.? Well, I remember the time I could sit here in your private office and play with the yo-yo all day long. All right, Do you, all you right. remember the day I almost broke a hundred? I got up to 85 and then a string broke? I bet I could have... If broken you don't stop time. talking... I'm sorry, D.A. You are upset, ain't you? Upset is hardly the word for it. I'm in a spot, and for once in my life, I don't know what to do about it. Who's bothering you, D.A.? Just give me his name and address. No, no, no. This is one thing that can't be handled by strong-arm methods. Brownie, the doc was in to see me this morning. Oh, that's one of the guys that's sort of keeping near the ground for you, ain't it? Yes. He told me something that set me to thinking. The Daily Planet is starting a campaign to get me out of office and put me behind bars. The Daily Planet, eh? Oh, simple. I just mosey up, pay the editor a little visit. Haven't I, I just I told you it's not as simple as all that? We're not dealing with one person now, Brownie. We're dealing with a newspaper, a great corporation. I wouldn't be unduly worried about it. I've been through this sort of thing before, except... Yeah, except what? Brownie, the man who's supplying the material for these articles is none other than Ralph Remsen. Remember him? Oh, do I say there was a guy. He was the straightest guy I ever met. Say, you remember the arguments you used to have and I finally quit? Yes, and I yes, yes him I and... remember. I remember only too well. 
it were anyone but Remsen, we might be able to buy him off. Well, what's wrong with bumping him off? Can't do that. He's probably turned over all the material he's got to the newspaper. No, Brownie, this seems to be one problem that has no answer to it. One riddle that seems to have no solution. Well, my opinion. Wait a minute. Uh, come in. I said come in. Uh, see who it is, Mr. Brownie. Okay. I do. Well, it ain't nobody. There ain't nobody here. On the contrary, Brownie, there is someone here. Quite definitely here. What? 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 You both here. I'm here in this room with you, but you can't see me. You might ask me to sit down, Parker. Yes. Yes, by all means. Uh, sit down, please. I hope my coming hasn't been too much of a shock to you. You see... Wait a minute. What's going on here? Who are you? Where are you? As to who I am, Parker, that need not concern you. As to where I am, I'm sitting in this chair across from you. Cannot see me because I am invisible. I'm getting out of here. Where's me, yo yo? Hey, where you are, Brownie? You're not going to be hurt. As a matter of fact, I've come here, Parker, to offer my services to you. Your, your services? In this matter of the newspaper campaign that's getting underway. Oh, that you need my help, Parker. You're powerless to prevent the Daily Planet from printing that story alone, but I can prevent them from printing it. How? Leave that to me. The question is, are you willing to pay for whatever help I can give you? Certainly I'm willing to pay. But see here, what's this gag about being invisible? How could anybody possibly by the greatest stretch of the imagination... <laughs> I will only say, Parker, that there is nothing supernatural about it. I make myself invisible by means of a trick. But that trick is, shall of course remain a secret with me. Now let's get down to business. A campaign directed against you has been started. If it is not stopped, it will surely wreck your career and ruin you forever. Only I can stop it. How much are you willing to pay? How much do you want? One hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand? Oh, that's ridiculous. It's, it's downright criminal. How well you know the meaning of the word. Parker, I want one hundred thousand dollars. Not a thing Now you're sure, you two, that Remsen has given you enough material for the first article against District Attorney Parker? I think so, Chief. It's all about the lucky Larry Lorimer case. Photographer's working on the photostats of certain checks and things now. Lois and I will finish the article at just about the time the pictures are ready. Now, don't worry. The story will break tomorrow morning without fail. Well, don't forget to get in that bit about the fixed juryman. Well, I've got to know that right here, Miss Remsen. Good. Oh, it's, uh, you mustn't forget we <laughs> had a dinner and theater day together. The quicker we get started on this article, the better. That's so. And when you finish it, you can tear it up. What? What, 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 what under the sun? Uh, who said that? Uh, didn't somebody say... Well, either I heard a strange voice in this room or I'm going crazy. No, no. You did hear a strange voice. Who said that? I did, Mr. Kent. What? Who are you? Where are you? I'm standing behind Editor White's chair. Great Scott! As to who I am, gentlemen, Miss Lane, prepare to do business with... The Invisible Man. Don't forget about that. That bit about the fixed jury man, Mr. Kent. Okay, Mr. Remsen. Uh, Lois, we mustn't forget we've got a dinner and theater day tonight. The quicker we get started in this article, the better. Quite so. What? What the... 
And when you finish writing it, Miss Lane, Mr. Kent, what? take a suggestion from me and tear it up. Well, what under thunder? Who said that? Didn't somebody you say... You're all in a strange voice, Miss Rummer. I'm quietly going crazy. No, you didn't hear a strange voice. Who said that? I did, Mr. Kent. Well, who are you? Where are you? I'm standing behind Editor White's chair. Oh, great Scott. As to who I am, gentlemen, Miss Lane, prepare to do business with the Invisible Man. It's a dream. That's what it is. Now, listen, you people. We, we're dreaming, aren't we? Hardly a dream, Mr. White, but I... You ask I, me, it's... I think it's just a trick. Commendably clever, Mr. Kent. It is a trick. But I doubt whether you can tell how it is done. Well, this is... Well, it's positively mystifying. I imagine that's what it's intended to be. Well, all right, whoever you are, you're playing a trick on us. Now, you might unburden yourself and tell us why you're playing the trick. I like you for that, Mr. Kent. You've come to the point, quickly. Very well, I will tell you why. Gentlemen, Miss Lane, you are about to inaugurate a campaign against District Attorney Packer. Am I right? Well? I have come to say, don't do it. Oh? And exactly why shouldn't we do it? Because if you do, I shall take steps to see that you regret it. Come on, come on, hey, just a minute, Lois. Let's get to the bottom of this. Are you... Are you working for Parker? Has he hired you to come here and try to intimidate us? That's beside the point, Mr. Kent. What really matters is this. I have warned you not to publish even one article against District Attorney Parker. If you are a man of sense, you will heed that warning. Now listen, never mind all this. Here's a man who can make himself invisible. There's a story for you. Invisible man invades editor's office. Weird, supernatural or current. Wait a minute, Chief. There's nothing weird or supernatural about this. It's a trick. A trick and nothing more. Uh, Kent is right. It is a trick. An attempt to get our minds off Parker for a while. <laughs> Gentlemen, please, you underestimate me. I merely make myself invisible to hide my identity, nothing more. Because, you see, I really have the power to back up any warning, any threat I make. Yes, Mr. Kent, I am working for District Attorney Parker. I have guaranteed that these stories of yours will not appear in print. I intend to see that guarantee is kept. And how do you propose to do that? I don't make a practice, Mr. Kent, of exposing my hands before I say it. You must merely accept my word for it that should you publish even the first story, should you try to print that story tonight, you will regret it more than you have ever regretted anything in your life. That's all I have to say. Kent, yes? he sounds as if he means it. He certainly does. Clark, what do you think? All I can say is threats or no threats, invisible man or not, we ought to go ahead with that story. What do you say, Chief? I agree with you 100%, Kent. Ah, I knew you would. Well, did you hear that, Mr. Invisible? I say, did you hear our answer to your warning? He doesn't have to. Why, he, he's gone. He went just as silently and mysteriously as he came. Oh, this will make a whale of a story. Now, look here, Kent. Let Lois write the story on District Attorney Parker. You sit down and be out a column or two on this invisible man yarn. I wouldn't do that, Chief. Well, why not? Because I think if you give this thing time, if you let it develop by itself, you really have a story. You'll have a story that'll make this town stand on its ear. A story that'll have everybody talking for weeks to come. What do you mean? What are you getting at? Well, don't ask me to explain, Chief. Just wait and see. Well, Lois, we'd better get started in that article. We've got a dinner date together at Victorio's at 7 o'clock. Oh, goodness, Clark, I'd almost forgotten. What's this invisible man business and everything? Well, should we work in your office or mine? Oh, mine will do. Come on, let's go. Uh, but Kent, uh, wait a minute. What? This invisible man. If I only knew the answer to, to how he does it. When we learn that, then we will have something. 
dinner here tonight for two. Uh, she set places for three. Well, those were the orders I received from the captain, sir. Okay. Mr. Kent's table said three places. That's funny. Well, are you sure you didn't make a mistake? Of course not, Lois. <laughs> but this is rather awkward, sir. I have three servings here on this tray and... It's quite all right, waiter. The... You may serve the three others. Oh, what is... Oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Kent. I, I thought I, I heard... Know. I know what you've heard. Uh, never, never mind clearing that up now. I'll let you know when I want dinner, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's all right. These are the most amazing things. So you even intrude at the dinner table, do you? Oh, so sorry. Really, Kent. And of course, Miss Lane. Please do forgive me. But you see, I... I have your welfare so at heart. I'm so anxious that no harm should come, come to... Come on, let's get out of here. Take it easy, Lois. Don't let our invisible friend get on your nerves. Now, look here. This has gone far enough. So? Under ordinary circumstances, I'd be amused by this trick of yours, whatever it may be. But right now, it happens that Miss Lane and I would like to eat our dinner in peace. So, if you don't mind... No, but I do. Believe me, I regret the intrusion as much as you. But it's really most important that you listen to me. I'm not interested. I gave you warning this afternoon. You didn't pay any attention to it. You went right ahead and wrote that article exposing District Attorney Parker as a crook. As a man who's used his office criminally... Now, honestly, I... I have a certain regard for you, too. I don't want to see anything happen to you. Indebted, I'm sure. But something will happen if you persist in taking this thing lightly. Now, please, reconsider. Won't you call Editor White and convince him that the best thing to do is to forget this entire campaign against Parker? If you think I'd do that, especially after insisting that White go ahead with the campaign, you're crazy. You don't realize what you're letting yourself in for. Listen to me, Kent. I meant every word I said this afternoon. I warned you that if you insisted on carrying through this campaign against Parker, that you'd regret it. You will regret it, Kent. Believe me, you will. You can't frighten us. Right. I'm afraid neither Miss Lane nor myself is impressed. What exactly do you think you can do to us? Did you hear me? Yes. Huh. He seems to have left us again. Look, look, I can't help it. This, this sort of thing gets me down. Lois, well, it's nothing but a trick. Once we find the solution to it, no doubt it'll turn out to be pretty simple. Yes, but, but to make himself invisible. Now, now, not another word about it. We're supposed to forget business tonight and enjoy ourselves. And that's exactly what we're going to do. character during the last part of that. Oh, it's a wonderful play, Clark. I'm so glad you came, aren't you? Glad you're enjoying it, Lois. How do you think it'll end? You know, I'm sort of anxious to see the third act. <laughs> I don't know. I'm inclined to think Mr. that... Mr. Clark Kent. I'm being paid. Go over here, boy. Oh, uh, Mr. Kent? Yes? A message for you, sir. A call from a Mr. White at the office of the Daily Planet. Yes? What's the message? Mr. White said to tell you to get back to the office as quickly as you can. It's very urgent. Thank you. Here you are. Thank you, sir. What are you thinking of happening? I don't know, Lois. Whatever it is, we'll soon find out. I don't know, Remsen. We'll see what Kent has to say when he gets here. If he ever does. But you can't kill that story now, Mr. White. You owe something to the public, to the people who have bought your paper year in and year out. 
You can't let anything stand in the way of exposing Parker for what he is. Well, you saw the note the Invisible Man sent me, Ransom. I can't afford to take chances. Well, all I can say... Oh, here come Kent and Lois Lane now. Oh, Chief. Well, what's the trouble? Well, whatever it is, it better be important. We missed the third act of the play to come here. You'll find it important, all right. Here, uh, have a look at this, Kent. Huh? Oh, no, thanks. Yeah, from the Invisible Man. Oh, what's it say, Kent? Let's see. My last warning... Start your presses tonight and you won't print another story for weeks to come. Huh. I wonder what he means by that. I don't know exactly what he means, Kent, but I do know this. I'm worried. If he can make good this threat of his, if he can actually prevent us from putting another edition on the streets for weeks, well, then I'm scared and scared plenty. If we miss one edition, just one edition, Kent, well, you know what it means to us financially. We can't afford to take chances. I know what it means, all right. Got your presses tonight, and you won't print another edition for weeks to come. Eh? Hmm. I have a mind to find out exactly what the Invisible Man can do, just how important his threats and warnings are. Well, what do you mean, Kent? I mean, I wouldn't let him bulldoze me, Chief. We've started this campaign against District Attorney Parker and his crooked regime. Well, let's go through with it. I say, whatever happens, start printing that story for the morning edition. I say, get those presses started. He's right, Mr. White. If we miss this chance to put Parker where he belongs, we'll never get another one. Clark's definitely right. Let's start those presses. Well, but the warning. Never mind the warning, sir. Let's start the presses and see what happens. All right. We'll do it. Well, Joe. Yes, sir. Start your presses for the morning edition. Right, sir. Start the presses. Start the presses. Read this note, Kent. It arrived from the Invisible Man only a short while ago. Let's see. My last warning. Start your presses tonight and you won't print another story for weeks to come. Huh. You know, Chief, I have half a mind to find out exactly what the Invisible Man can do. Just how important his threats and warnings are. Uh, but the warning. Uh, what do you think, Mr. Remsen? I am not sure, Mr. White. Never mind the warning. Let's start the presses and see what happens. All right. We'll do it. Joe? Yes, sir. Start your presses for the morning edition. Okay, Mr. White. Start your presses. Start your presses. Yes, but I have a feeling that something may happen at almost any minute. How right you are, Mr. White. What? Why, why, it's the invisible man again. That voice sounded as if as if he were standing right here among us. It can't be. But it is. I'm standing right here beside you, Mr. White. Why? Why didn't you heed my warning? Now you have forced me into something that I find most unpleasant, most distasteful. And just exactly what is that, Mr. Kent? You're so serene about the whole matter, so confident that you all can win out against me. Gentlemen, listen to me. When you started those presses, you also started a time bomb concealed in one of them. A time bomb? Joe! Joe, hold the presses! Stop them immediately! You bet your life will. Wait a minute. That won't do any good, I'm afraid. Stopping the presses won't stop the bomb. It won't? I decided, Mr. White, that if you were foolhardy enough to disregard my advice, I'd teach you a lesson. You started the bomb, you cannot stop it. Your presses will be blown into wreckage. As I said in my note, it will be weeks before you publish another edition of your paper. Oh, Kent, this is terrible. What can we do? 
think of what it means to the paper. If those presses are blown up, if we're unable to get another edition on the streets in weeks, we're ruined, man. Utterly ruined. I, I for one, don't see what you can do about it, Mr. Brown. Oh, we've got to do something. Those presses are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. If we're forced out of business for even a few days, we'll... we'll... Kent, can't you think of something? Yes, Kent. Think of something. You got Mr. White into this? Figure some way to get him out. He's right. You did get me into this, Kent. It was you who said to go ahead and start those presses. Kent, you simply got to... Just a minute, please. We're all standing here wasting time talking about the value of those presses. We haven't even begun to think about the lives that may be lost in this thing. How much time have we? By my watch, you have exactly two minutes. Two minutes? You have one chance, Kent. If you can find the bomb and destroy it within two minutes, you'll be all right. Yes. If you fail to find it within two minutes, remember... I'm afraid you'll have to suffer the consequences. You now have exactly one minute and 45 seconds. (laughs) Good luck, gentlemen. And good night. Because we've simply got to find that bomb. It's our only chance. Looks like it, Lois. You men. Yeah? You men here in the press room. Right. You've got a minute and 30 seconds to find that bomb. Better start looking for it right now. Yeah. Somebody better keep a good watch on the time. All right. Benson. Try that press over yes, there. Okay, okay, Kent. Mr. White, yes. you take that one over there. Right. Come on, Lois. We'll have a look at the one near the window. Okay. Anybody see it yet? No. How much time have we caught? No, we have one yeah. minute. Better get out of here. Keep looking, man. I'll watch the time. I'll get you out of here before it goes off. Don't worry. Well, suppose there's some mistake in the timing. Suppose the invisible man deliberately gave us the wrong time. Gotta take our chances on that. Oh, hang it all. Where can it be? No, it's nowhere to be found in that first, Kent. Well, try another one. Keep looking. Keep looking. It's too late, Kent. Too late. If we don't need this Wait. suit. What? Look. What is it, Lord? There it is. Concealed behind that veil of paper. Yes, that's it, all right. Get it out of there, by heaven's sake. There's no time. Less than 30 seconds left. You men, everybody, get out of this room as quickly as Come on, get going, Chief. There's no time to lose. Oh, all those pressures. Hundreds of thousands. Go on. Find the money. Think of your life. Come on, let's get out of here. All right, folks. Everybody's out of there now. Are you sure of that? Yes. Close and bulk his doors. Come on. Give me a hand. Come on. Wait. Where's Clark? I don't see Clark. Why, he's among the men somewhere. I saw him come out. I'm sure of it. But I don't see him. Clark? 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 Fifteen seconds and that bomb will go off. No time to fly out the window with it. And I can't get rid of it any other way. Well, only one thing to do. I'll have to cover it with my body. As Superman, it can't harm me. Well, here goes. Now, there we are. Only a second to go. Could I have missed time? Well, that's that. Thank heavens everything's all right. No one's been harmed and the presses are still running. like a bomb to me. It couldn't have been anything else. It was kind of muffled. There hasn't been any other explosions. Yeah, it was muffled. Maybe, maybe something went wrong with it. Do you think we can go in now? Yes, I think we can chance it. Oh, Clark, there you are. I've been looking all over for you. Uh, I put a call through for the fire department. I thought we might be needing them. Well, I guess we can go in and see what damage has been done. All right, Joe. Yeah? We can open the doors now. Yes, sir, Mr. White. Look! There's a hole blown in the floor. But that seems to be about all the damage that was done. I can't understand it. There's no small bomb that blew that hole before. Why didn't the explosion blow those presses into smithereens? That is odd, isn't it? Well, whether it's odd or not, the important thing is no harm was done. The presses are still running, Chief. And it looks as if we'll make the morning edition. At least the first expose of District Attorney Parker will reach the public in time. The 
here. We'll see you in a very short while. Uh, thank you. Yes, sir. Well, it begins to look as if we're making a little headway. We've published two stories about District Attorney Parker, and the third is in the presses now. With Mayor Healy's help, we can't fail to get Parker indicted and put where he belongs. There's just one thing that worries me, Ramson. Yes, what's that way? I had a call from Parker this morning, threatening to sue the paper for libel. Are you sure you can prove the statements that we've been making? You're sure the documents you've shown me are authentic? Absolutely. There's no doubt of it, Chief. If Remsen here will excuse my saying so, I've taken the trouble to check on some of them. I didn't think it would do any harm. Not at all, Tim. The thing that gets me is that invisible man. Now, you people can talk all you want about being a trick, but that voice gives me the willies. I keep listening for it, expecting it to speak almost any moment. Well, I never know when I'm alone anymore or when I'm not. Now, don't let it get you down, Chief. This whole thing will be cleaned up before very long. You've been saying that for days, Kent. I wish you'd talk less and act more. Well, I'm doing my best, Chief. You can't ask more than that. The mayor will see you now. This way. Oh, well, gentlemen, Lane, I believe. Sit down, won't you? Yeah, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I, I believe you know why we've come. I certainly do, Mr. White. I've been reading those articles about District Attorney Parker in your newspaper, sir. And I must say you're to be commended on the wonderful service you're rendering the public. Uh, thank you, sir. I know you're busy, so I'll come right to the point. Your Honor, can we count on your support? I'm with you all the way. Now, what would be your suggestion, Mr. White? Uh, a grand jury investigation? I think so, Your Honor. You name the men you want, and Mr. Remsen here will give them all the proof they need. Good. I'll take care of that this very afternoon. And uh, now, gentlemen, Miss Lane, you know I'm a very busy oh, man, and I... Certainly, sir. Uh, we won't take up any more of your time. Oh, I'm afraid you'll have to. What was that? Did, did someone say something? It, it's the Invisible Man again. The what? The Invisible Man, Mr. Mayor. No time to explain now. Mr. White can do that later. What is Your it, Honor, not... I have only one thing to say to you. Don't form a grand jury. Don't support this investigation. In the name of... Who is this person? What is... I said I had no time to go into that. However, believe me when I say that if you support this campaign against District Attorney Parker, you'll be doing yourself a great injury. An injury, Your Honor from which you will never recover. Whoever you are, sir, I'm not to be intimidated. I've been through this sort of thing before. It's been my experience that most threats have no foundation. Mm, you'll find this one has. I'm no coward, sir, whoever you are. I have a duty to the people of this city which I intend to fulfill. You can't frighten me. Your phone will ring in a moment or two. We'll wait until you receive the message I know is coming. And then we'll see what your answer is. I might even go so far as... <laughs> I dare say that's the call now. Pick up the phone, Mr. Mayor. Uh, you, you... Your phone is ringing, Mr. Mayor. Uh, hello? Yes, this is the mayor speaking. What's that? Yes? Yes? Thank you. Yes, goodbye. Mr. White, I... I'm afraid you'll have to carry on your investigation without my help. There is nothing I can do for you. Don't be misled, Mr. Mayor, into thinking that because I'm invisible, I can do you no harm. Uh, this is preposterous. Look here, you people. Is this some sort of stupid trick you're playing on me? Some joke that I... I wish it were only a joke, Your Honor. That voice you hear is the voice of the invisible man. Ridiculous, Mr. White. There can't be such a thing as an invisible man. It does sound ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, of course, Mr. Remsen. But we know there is an invisible man. I'm afraid Mr. Remsen is right, Your Honor. You see, we've heard that voice before. The first time was in Editor White's office. Yes, and then Mr. Kent and I heard it while we were having dinner in a restaurant. The invisible man actually sat down at the table with us. And now, Mr. Mayor, 
You hear my voice here in your own office. Incredible. It's a trick. It must be. Trick or no trick, Your Honor. Be warned in time. Give your assistance to this campaign against my friend, District Attorney Parker, and you'll regret it. I refuse to be intimidated. I shall certainly give my support to any campaign... Wait, please. In a moment, Mr. Mayor, your telephone will ring. After you have answered the telephone, you will change your mind. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I certainly don't... Uh, Mr. Kent, what are you doing at that closet? What? what right have you, sir, to open that closet and examine the inside? Yes, Clark. What's the idea? Well, nothing, Chief. I was just sort of looking around. Looking for what, sir? Why, I don't know. A dictaphone or, or a... a telephone. Yes, Your Honor, your phone is ringing. Pick it up and answer it. Or perhaps you are afraid. Afraid? Why should I be afraid? Hello? Yes, this is the mayor speaking. Oh, yes, my dear, I... What's that? Yes? Yes? I see. Gentlemen, Miss Lane, I... I'm afraid I must withdraw my support. There is nothing I can do for you. But, Mr. Mayor... Phone call, Mr. Mayor. What was it about? Let me answer that. That was the mayor's wife. She called to tell him that she and her young daughter had just been in an automobile accident. No, she knew all the time. An accident, Mr. Mayor, from which they barely escaped with their lives. A truck crashed into their car. Wasn't that it? Yes. That was it. Gentlemen, Miss Lane, I... I hope you understand. I'm no coward. But my wife, my little daughter... Well, they mean more to me, far more than any political career. We can't blame you, sir. It's the human thing to do. But that blasted invisible man. Kent. Yes, sir. A little while ago, you mentioned a dictaphone. Yes? You said there might be one concealed in this office. Well, I, I just had an idea that maybe... Your idea must be right. Mr. Mayor, I suggest we search this office and search it thoroughly. If we don't find a dictaphone or some such thing concealed around here, I'll be very much surprised. Mr. White, I think you've got something. Let's start looking for that dictaphone. It's Kent. Suppose you search the next office very carefully. Right, sir. Mr. Remsen, you take that little office in there. All right, Mr. Mayor. Miss Lane and Mr. White will help me search this office. It's larger than the others and will take more time. Now, don't spare a thing. Search the closet. Sort the rugs. But be sure you leave nothing untouched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is very amusing. No, no, Mr. White. Not in that closet. <laughs> Why not try the other? If I could get my hands on you. That's pretty, isn't it? Perhaps I'm in the mood. Shut up with you. Shut up. Oh, this is nerve-wracking. Oh, uh, Mr. Remsen. There's a couch in that office you're in. Look behind that. Don't worry, I will. Your Honor, Mr. White. Yes, Lost. I know where the invisible man is. No. I just saw the shadow of someone out there on the fire escape. I barely saw it, but there's someone on that fire escape outside the window. Lois, if you're right. Come on, White. Unless I miss my guess, this solves the mystery of the invisible man. Oh, wait. I have a gun in my desk. Yeah, there. Now then, White. You throw open the window, and I'll cover whoever's out there with this automatic. Right. All set? Mm, yes. Then here goes. Don't move. You're on fire. Do you hear me? I, I... Clark. It's Kent. Well, what on earth are you... Sorry if I've upset you. I was just doing a little investigating out here, and I thought... Never that... mind what you thought. How did you get out on this fire escape? You were in the other office. I, uh... This fire escape doesn't reach to the window of that office. Why, it would take a... Well, a superman to leap across the space between. Uh, well, you see, I I came up from below. I, I went through your office. Well, we didn't see you. Uh, no, no. You were too busy searching the room to notice me. I, 
I, I went below to the office under this one, got out on the fire escape, and, and came up. And we thought you were the invisible man. And no, no doubt. You see how stupid you all were. That voice. The invisible man again. Will somebody give me a hand through this window, please? Okay, come on. Uh, you and your fire escapes. And his dictaphones, too. Friends, I hope you realize now that I can and do call the turn without the need of mechanical contrivances. I'm sure all of you can see the wisdom of giving up this campaign against District Attorney Parker. I, I don't know what to do. Well, I do. Yes, Benson? I haven't waited months for this chance to put Parker behind bars to throw it away now. I say, let's go ahead with this campaign. That's right. Bravo, Mr. Benson. Most courageous. <laughs> also, most foolhardy. I agree with Mr. Benson. Let's go ahead with the campaign. I don't know about that. What's that, Kent? I say, let's drop the whole business. Why, what do you mean, Kent? Kent. You certainly don't mean you'd be willingly give up this campaign to break a cook like this as Attorney Parker? Why not, Chief? I'm a reporter, not a crusader. My job is to expose the news, not expose crooks. Now, you'll forgive my saying this, Your Honor, but if you yourself are afraid to support this campaign against Parker, well, why should we risk our next? But the mayor's thinking of his family, his wife and daughters, not himself. Well, that's so, but... <laughs> well, where are we without the mayor's support? I'll tell you where we are, Kent. If the mayor can't help us, then the governor can Lois, you and I'll drive upstate tonight and see the governor first thing in the morning. I'll get action on this campaign if it's the last thing I do. Hello? Yes, this is District Attorney Parker. Who? Oh, hello, Lucky. Yeah? Now, wait a minute, Lucky. Yes, I know all about the story in the Daily Planet. Well, what can I do about it? What? Now, wait a minute, Lucky. Don't get tough with me. I... What? All right. All right. Goodbye. As if I could do anything to stop Remsen and frighten them. Uh, come in, come in. Oh, who the devil? Close the door, Parker. Oh, the invisible man again. <laughs> Glad to see me, Parker. You've got a nerve showing... Well, not showing your face around here. Relax, Parker. You've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, well, that's what you said last time. And between then and now, two stories have been published in the Daily Planet. I know, but there are no buts. Now, get this. I promised you a hundred grand to do this job. Fail me and you don't get a cent. Not one red cent. Listen to me, Parker. I've come to let you know that the campaign against you is as good as finished. I'll believe that when I read it in the papers. Or rather, when I don't read it. I mean what I say. The one man who's really bent on seeing you run out of office is Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet. The one way to stop this campaign is to get rid of Editor White. So what? What are you getting at? Tonight, White and Lois Lane are driving up to see the governor at the executive mansion. From the city to the governor's mansion is a trip of about 140 miles. I have so arranged it that something will happen to their car. At exactly the hundredth mile. The hundredth mile? What have you done? Placed a bomb in the car? No, Parker. Nothing as crude as that. Oh, I get it. You're going to have a truck crash into them or something, huh? No. That might not succeed. The plan I have thought out cannot fail. When White and Miss Lane reach the hundredth mile of their trip, it will be the end of them and their campaign against you. Yes, but what have you done to the car? You'll have to wait and see, Parker. What time is it? It's uh, close to 10 o'clock. Why? 10 o'clock. White and Lois Lane left about two hours ago. They should be nearing the 100-mile mark of their trip 
right now. Any for your thoughts, Laws? What? Oh, I was just thinking. About Kent? Yes. Funny, his acting the way he did, wanting to give up this campaign against Parker. Oh, he'd never been very courageous, but, well, well, I never thought he was that cowardly. Well, best forget it. Tired? A little. Say, you're certainly pushing this car along. Must be doing 70. Well, not much traffic on the highway this time of night. How far do we still have to go before we reach the executive mansion? About 40 miles, I'd say. Let's see. Yeah? The 100-mile mark is just coming up. Another mile and a quarter, and we'll have covered exactly 100 miles. Any for your thoughts, Laws? What? Oh. Oh, I was just thinking. About Kent? Yes. Funny his acting the way he did, wanting to give up this campaign against Parker. Oh, he's never been very courageous, but... Well, I never thought he was that cowardly. Yeah, best forget it. Tired? A little. Say, you're certainly pushing this car along. Must be doing 70. Well, there's not much traffic on the highway this time of night. How far do we still have to go before we reach the governor's mansion? About 40 miles, I'd say. Let's see. Yes, the 100-mile mark is just coming up. Another mile and a quarter, and we will have covered exactly 100 miles. On with the car roars at 70 miles an hour, headlight boring into the black night, on with a certain destruction. Meanwhile, at the offices of the Daily Planet, Clark Kent talks to Ralph Remsen, the man responsible for the campaign against Parker, unaware that his friends are in danger. Listen. Exactly what makes you so anxious, Remsen, to get District Attorney Parker out of office? I don't like crooks, Kent, and I don't like to see the people of this city cheated and hoodwinked. I don't like cowards either, Kent. Meaning what, Remsen? You know, Kent, there's something peculiar about you. What do you mean? Well, take what happened in the mayor's office this afternoon. All of us are searching for a dictaphone, thinking that maybe the invisible man works his trick voice that way. Yes? You go into another room, another office, and start searching that. Well? The next thing we know, you're out on the fire escape. And to get to that fire escape from the other room, you'd have to leap 20 feet through space. Ah. I explained that, Remsen. I merely walked through the mayor's office, went downstairs to the office just below the mayor's, and came up again by way of the fire escape. Yes. But for one thing, I didn't see you come through the mayor's office. I've already said that all of you were too busy searching the place to see me. Maybe so. But if you wanted to examine that fire escape, why didn't you do it through the mayor's office? Why did you have to go downstairs and come up on the fire escape? Well, I... I, I thought... I, yes, I thought yes, yes, you thought what? Well, you see, I... Oh, hello, I, I, oh, hello Jimmy. Uh, you know Mr. Remsen, don't you? Oh, I sure do. The man who's giving Mr. Kent and Miss Lane all the dope and Parker, aren't you? That's right, Jimmy. I've been looking for Miss Lane. Anybody know where she is? Oh, didn't you know, Jimmy? No. Lois and Editor White are on their way to the governor's mansion. They want to get the governor's help in his campaign against Parker. Oh. They left about two hours ago. Ought to have covered the best part of the trip for this time, a hundred miles at least. Why didn't you go with him, Mr. Kent? You and Miss Lane are working this case together, aren't you? Mm, yes, yes, that's right. Mr. Kent doesn't want to say so, Jimmy. But at the moment, he and your friends aren't getting along so well. You mean Lois and Mr. White are mad at you, Mr. Kent? Oh, in a way, yes. Well, why? What happened? Well, Mr. I... Mr. Kent wanted to give up the campaign to get rid of District Attorney Parker. It seems the Invisible Man is sort of getting on his nerves. I get this. That isn't true, is it, Mr. Kent? But, Jimmy, I just don't see how we can do anything against an adversary you can't even see. Or, to put it bluntly... Mr. Kent doesn't see why he should risk his neck. Now, that isn't true. Mr. Kent is the bravest man in the world. Now, when we want Those right... are Mr. Kent's own words, Jimmy. Now, wait a minute, Remsen. I was just trying to look at things sensibly. You're trying to make me out a coward in front of Jimmy here. Well? 
called you a coward, Mr. Kent. You're not going to let him get away with it, are you? So long as I know it isn't true, Jimmy. You can't let a man call you a coward and not do something about it. Yes, why don't you do something about it, Kent? I've been itching to take a stop at you ever since you tried to get everybody to give up this campaign against Parker. If there's anything I detest, it's a coward. Fighting won't get us anywhere. Well, you'd change your mind if I took a poke at you. See how you're like this. Ooh, my hands. My hands. You must have a jaw like steel. I think I've broken my hands. You hit you right in the blood oh. and it didn't seem to hurt you at all, but look at him. It must have been the way he hit me. He must have hit a nerve in his hand. Yeah, it was like hitting a stone wall. Mr. Kent, this doesn't settle that business about you being a... Well, you know what I mean. Jimmy, I hope I'm not a coward. I'm not giving up this campaign against Parker because I'm afraid. Then why are you giving it up? The answer to that, my friend, is very simple. What was that? Who said that? That's the voice of the invisible man, Jimmy. Huh? I'm sort of getting used to it now, but you have Invisible man? Jimmy, you haven't met me before. And so naturally, you're a little excited. How do you do, Jimmy? Uh, uh, Hello. Oh, Michael. Just this question of whether you're a coward or not seems to be a difficult one. Frankly, I'm of the opinion that you are a coward. Maybe we ought to take a vote on it. I have little respect, Kent, for a man who will forsake his friends as you have done the minute danger begins to threaten. I don't see... What are you getting at? What do you mean when danger begins to threaten? Why, yes, Invisible. Exactly what did you mean by that? <laughs> You're stepping to the case of nerves, gentlemen. I meant nothing special by what I said. <laughs> nothing could possibly happen to Miss Lane or Mr. White, could it? Certainly not with me here, and they, shall we say, at least a hundred miles away? No. No, I, I suppose not. Jimmy, what time is it? Just a little after ten. Uh, I've got to see the press room foreman right away. Jimmy, you and Remsen can keep the invisible man entertained until I get back. Oh, all right, Mr. Ken. Mr. Remsen, this invisible man actually exists, or am I dreaming? I'll answer that, Remsen. No, Jimmy, you're not dreaming. I am really in this room with you, but you cannot see me. You see, by means of a trick, we did even couldn't sir. I may be wrong, but I'm afraid there was some implication in what the Invisible Man said about Lois and White being in danger. Just to be sure nothing happens to them, I'd better see if I can pick up their car. Now, there's the post road below me, like a silver snake in the moonlight. I don't see a car anywhere. Maybe the Invisible Man didn't mean anything at all by what... Wait. There. There are the headlights of a car. Far in the distance. Maybe White and Lois. I'd better pile on speed. Got a feeling the seconds may mean the difference between life and death. Yes, there's no doubt, Lois, that the governor will help us. Well, it's this invisible man business that bothers me, Mr. White. Mm, that is a riddle. You know, I... So you better slow down, Mr. White. It's pretty steep curve ahead. Practically a hairpin turn. Yes, I'd better slow... What, 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 they... Mr. White, what's happened to the car? Well, the steering wheel. It's broken. Mr. White, we're heading for that, that cliff. Oh, what the... Lois, the brakes don't work either. Oh, oh gosh, there's nothing I can do, Lois. Nothing. The handbrake. Try to work the handbrake, Mr. White. Oh, that doesn't work either. Oh, we can't stop. There's the edge of the cliff. We're going over it. Oh! We're out in space. We're falling, Lois. Falling. No. We're not falling. What? We're, we're flying. Good heavens. Something's holding us up. Swinging us around toward the road again. You're right. I'll be admitted. We're being lifted back onto the road. Quick, look out and see. Come on. There's no one here. Nothing. Yeah. There is. Look. Against the moon. The figure of Superman. 
ought to give Clark Kent another chance. Yes, Mr. White. Maybe there's some reason for his trying to... The only reason he's got is fear. Mr. Remsen, you're beginning to give me a pain in the neck. Jimmy, no way to talk to people older than yourself. I'm sorry, Miss Lane, but... Forget it. White, I say fire Kent. If we're going to win against Parker, we need men, not mollycoddles. Yes, you're right. There's nothing to do but fire Kent. And I might as well... Hello, everybody. Uh, you wanted to see me, Chief? Yes, Kent. I guess the quicker I get this over with, the better. Kent, you're fired. I see. Hey, Mr. Kent... I'm sorry, Kent. You've proven by your actions that you're not the man we need in a job like this. Oh, sure. Sure, I understand. Oh, Clark, aren't you going to say something in your own defense? Are you going to stand there and take this the way you take everything else without doing something about it? Mr. Kent, aren't you going to say something? Do something. Oh, what can I do? Oh, if you only had a tenth of the courage Superman has in his little finger. I'm afraid you can't compare me to Superman. No, there's nothing I can say except... Well, I'll have to take my story to another paper. Oh, what's that? What story? My story about the Invisible Man. Kent, you break that story in another paper and I'll break you. I don't see why I shouldn't break it. I solved it, didn't I? I don't care whether you... What'd you say? Okay, I solved it. I know now how the Invisible Man makes himself invisible. Oh, I've had enough of this nonsense from you, Kent. Get out. Wait a minute. What? Did you mean that? Do you really know how the Invisible Man makes himself invisible? Well, I can do it myself. I don't believe it. Yes, and neither do I. Huh? I have to break the story in another paper, I guess. Now, wait a minute, Kent. If you can show us how it's done, if you can really make yourself invisible, you you can have your job back. Oh, I don't know. Oh, please, Mr. Kent, please show them. And I'll raise your salary. Well, that is an inducement. All right, it's a bet. Ridiculous. Tell you what I'll do. I'll step outside and close the door. When I knock at the door, Jimmy, you open it and see what happens. Okay. Well, don't forget to open the door when I knock. Don't worry, I won't. I'll close the door. Yeah, I can pop. He won't, Miss Lane. You can bet on that. Listen. Jimmy. Jimmy, quickly, open that door. Well, well, open it. Open it. Okay, Mr. White. He's not here. Oh, of course he's not there. Just another trick. He knocked at the door and then skipped off down the corridor. You're wrong, Chief. I'm right here in this room with you. What? 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 what, You can't see me. Because, well, you see... I'm invisible. Oh, I solved the mystery. I know how the invisible man makes himself invisible. No, I've had enough of this nonsense from you, Kent. Get out. You're fired. Wait a minute, Mr. White. Yes, Lois? Clark, did you mean what you said? Do you really know how the invisible man makes himself invisible? Well, I can do it myself. I don't believe it. You've got something there, Remsen. I don't believe it either. Kent, you'd have to be a superman to solve a mystery like this one. Well, you fired me, Mr. White, so... I guess I'll have to break this story in another paper. Oh, no, Mr. Kent, please don't go. Show them you can do it. I believe you. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. Now, but... wait a minute, Kent. If you can show us how it's done, if you can really make yourself invisible, you you can have your job back. Oh, gee, Mr. Kent, did you hear that? Oh, you'll be able to stay with us. you simply got to do it now. Oh, I don't know, Jimmy. Kent, uh, I'll do better than that. I, I'll raise your salary. Well, that is an inducement. All right, it's a bet. Ridiculous. You'll never do it. You think not, Renson? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll step outside and close the door. And when I knock at the door, Jimmy, you open it. And then see what happens. All right. Now don't forget to open the door when I knock. Don't worry, I won't. Good. Now I'll close the door. I don't see how I can possibly don't do anything. Don't worry, Miss Lane. He won't. Listen. Jimmy, yeah. for heaven's sake, open that door. Well, open it, open it. Okay, Mr. White. He's not here. Oh, of course he's not there. Just another trick. 
He knocked at the door and then skipped off down the corridor. You're wrong, Chief. What? I'm right here in the room with you. Why? Why? Oh, you, you, but you can't see me because, well, you see, I'm invisible. Say, what is it? I don't believe it. Superman himself couldn't do a thing like this. Kent, was that your voice I heard? Are you really in this room? I am, Chief. I'm sitting in the chair in front of your desk. But, but we can't see you, Clark. Well, it's uncanny. No, Lois. It's not uncanny. It's just a trick. A trick even I can do. It doesn't take a superman. Oh, but gosh, Mr. Kent. How could you make yourself invisible? Well, Jimmy, to tell the truth, I haven't made myself invisible. You can't see you. Well, of course you can't see me. I'm not here. Kent, before I go crazy, will you make sense? You are here. I can hear you talking to me from the chair in front of my desk. But merely because I've centered your attention on that chair. The fact is that although I am invisible, I'm not invisible. Creepers, creepers. Oh, I am going out of my mind. He's invisible, but he isn't invisible. He's here, but he isn't here. Kent, will you in the name of heaven explain what this is all about? Well, gladly, Chief. It's all very simple. So simple, in fact, that I caught on to the trick from the very first. You, you mean you've known all along how the invisible man made himself invisible? I have. But no credit to me. I've known only because some time ago I did a series of articles on oddities in the world. You remember, Chief? Why, of course I remember. That series you ever did. But what in the world is that to do with... Uh, excuse me. Uh, yes, Remsen? I, I've got to go. I'm late for an, oper- uh, an appointment. Uh, very important. Oh, don't go, Mr. Remsen. Uh, this will only take a few minutes. Yes, yes. Sit down, Remsen. Well, Chief, as I was saying, you may recall that during that series of articles I did, I did one on the magnificent ventrilo. Remember the celebrated ventriloquist? Sure, I remember that. Didn't he give you some lessons in ventriloquism, Mr. Kent? Yes, Jimmy. He did. What? You mean that the invisible man is... Exactly, Lois. The invisible man is nothing more than a darn good ventriloquist. I'm not so good myself. I, I wouldn't be able to fool you very long. But the invisible man is an expert. A master at it. Oh, where are you now, Kent? Now, stop throwing my voice and you'll soon see. Now, can you locate me? His voice seems to be coming from the window now. That's where it's coming from, all right. Because you see, I'm out here on the fire escape. Oh, Mackerel. So all the time, it sounded like he was right here in the room with us. Hey, give me a hand in through the window, Jimmy. Okay. There. Thanks. Okay. All I did, Chief, was to knock on the door, get onto the fire escape through the window that leads off the corridor, and then throw my voice, by means of ventriloquism, into this room. Well, Kent, I've got to hand it to you. But who is the invisible man? Do you know the answer to that? Yes, Lois. I believe I do. Who? There must be someone who at all times was able to be near us. You realize, of course, he couldn't be forever ducking on the fire escapes and all the rest of it. Mm, he couldn't have done it that way in the mayor's office. We found you out on the fire escape. Well, uh-huh. how you got there is really still a mystery. Well, I- I've already explained that. Then, Lois, there's the night the invisible man had dinner with us. Actually, he was sitting at another table in disguise and throwing his voice toward our table. Oh, I see that now. Why, why, sure. And the night the presses were almost bombed, he must have been standing near us all the time. In fact, by George, as I see it, he practically always has been with us. Exactly. So only one person can be the invisible man. It's certainly not you, Chief, or Lois, or me, or Jimmy. So it must be Ralph Remsen. Why, preposterous, utterly ridiculous. Better give up quietly, Remsen. If we can't make you talk, the police can. You weren't interested in helping the public... Your game was to squeeze money out of District Attorney Parker. What? You made a deal with Parker to protect him against the campaign you yourself had started. You figured it out very well, Kent. Superman, better be careful or you'll be running him a close second. 
But all your brain work will do you no good. What do you mean? This. Kent! Kent, he's got a gun! Don't, don't point that gun at me. I, I, I'm deathly afraid of firearms. Are you? That's too bad. Put that gun down. I'll, I'll faint. Look out, Kent's facing. He's falling. What? what the devil? He's falling with his arms around my leg. Look here, you. Just stand where you are, you others. Oh. Look out, you fool. You're tripping me. Look, Mr. White. Benson's falling. Right, Jimmy. Oh! Well, that's that. Nice work, Mr. White. It clipped him on the jaw just as he was falling. Yes, and I've got his gun now, too. It's a good thing you fainted, Kate. If you really did. Uh, did, did I faint? But why no, did it's I... all right, Kent. It's all right. Now, you three wait here till I get back. Come on, Remsen. I'm turning you over to the police right now. Go on. Get moving. Well, we had some excitement there for a while, didn't we? My Lord. Why are you looking at me so funny? I sometimes wonder about you, Clark Kent. Yes, I really do. Hi there, Lois. Clark, Clark. Thought I'd never find you in this crowd. Mr. White told me to meet you down here at the Central Railroad Station. What's it all about? Oh, it's nothing much, Lois. Metropolis National Bank is moving a cargo of $5 million in gold from their vaults upstate to the bank here in the city. Oh, just another story, eh? Yeah, it's nothing exciting, I'm afraid. It's bringing the gold down in a specially constructed armored freight car. Burglar proof and all that. Oh, I see. Well, $5 million is a lot of money. Yeah. They're not taking any chances. She said something about there being a special guard of five men locked inside the car. Yes, after the guard got into the train, they sealed the doors. Oh, as I say, it's nothing important. White just wanted us to be on hand to cover the story, that's all. The train's due in a few minutes. Yes, Mr. White wanted to put us on something quiet after all the excitement we've had. The excitement is right. What with the invisible man and you and White nearly getting killed in that car ride at Dead Man's Curve? Yeah, we certainly did. How did you know that? Oh, everybody knows about the accident you nearly had. Yeah, but I never said it happened at Dead Man's Curve. What? I didn't even know that was the name of the place. Oh, well, uh, uh, White. White mentioned it. That, that's how I knew. Oh. Well, I'm certainly glad the case of the Invisible Man's finished with. Yeah. I think both Remsen and Parker deserve what they got. Yep. Five to ten years for Remsen, twenty years for Parker. The grand jury didn't waste any time about it. The grand juries never do. Hey, the police are out in force today. Yeah, they're not taking any chances with that freight car and the five million dollars it's carrying. Several armored trucks drawn up the platform. There must be at least a dozen armed guards standing by. Hello, Kent. Lois. Oh, the story? Yeah. You coming for the gold, Joe? Yeah, it's quite a thing. Five million dollars in gold. The precautions they've taken. A special armored car designed particularly for bringing the gold here. Yeah, very exciting, I suppose. Hey, look. Here comes the train now. Yeah. Look at that line of freight cars. Yeah. Car carrying the gold is near the end of the line, I think. Fourth or fifth in the caboose. Well, we 